Welcome to Le Pub Scientifique uh, 11 minute podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Bart van Buchem. I'm located in Amsterdam and a pain specialist physiotherapist. Um, with me today um, is Beth Darnall. Professor Beth Darnall recently promoted uh, at Stanford University from the Pain Relief Innovation Lab. Um, we will we'll go dive in straight into our 11 minutes. Um, I'm going to hit the 11 minutes. You can see it, Beth. Is it right? You can see the 11 minute now. So, oh my God. Now we're on a time limit. Um, even though we think we can, cap, we can, we, we have a little conversation before we started and um, um, about some really exciting projects you're involved in. And my question was basically what excites you the most at the moment? Yeah, Noel, thank you for this opportunity. So, um, I'm most excited about the momentum around Empowered Relief, which is a two-hour skills-based um, intervention I developed for people with chronic pain and also acute pain. Um, so this is a compressed intervention, uh, single session, and it was created with the intention of being able to deliver a, an efficacious, standardized, you know, quality intervention um, to people very broadly and in a way that made it more accessible. So single sessions more accessible than multiple sessions, and they can also receive it online. Um, what we've been seeing in the past year is a lot of traction with both dissemination um, and adoption of empowered relief. And I think a lot of this was predicated on our scientific publication in August of 2021, where we essentially showed non-inferiority of empowered relief compared to eight session CBT for uh, chronic low back pain at three months post-treatment. Um, so since that time, um, we have seen a lot of adoption in healthcare settings in the United States and also internationally. So it's now in 16 countries, it's available in seven languages and certain organizations such as Cleveland Clinic have adopted empowered relief as standard of care for patients with chronic pain and for spine surgery patients. So this is really a sea change to have it integrated as standard care. Yeah, so, and, and you've presented some of this, um, yeah. uh, some of the empowered relief before, so people can watch that back if they like um, on our platform, which what, what strikes me the most and if I remember this right, the, 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 the JAMA paper was not out yet. We will leave it in the podcast notes if you like. So, but the, exci the excitement was like, oh my God, eight sessions of psychological treatment com compared to two yeah. hours of yeah. information equals. It doesn't, I, I was like astonished a bit because. Yeah. Was it, uh, what is the, the what, what's the strength of, and what can yeah. I, as a clinician, what, what can I learn from that two hours instead of aiming for like eight sessions CBT, for example? Yeah, well, okay, so two things. Number one, empowered relief really isn't meant to replace eight sessions of CBT because some people may want that, they may need it, they may, may need the therapist contact. Um, what 
empowered relief is, is a very compressed intervention that involves pain neuroscience education, mindfulness principles, and some uh, skills from CBT. So in an efficient period of time, people learn information, they translate it to themselves. They come away with a personalized plan for empowered relief. They also receive a binaural audio file. And, you know, there's much to be learned about this. What we know is that there's comparable efficacy at three months post-treatment and even all the way out to six months post-treatment. And um, we see benefits when it's delivered online as well. Um, it's possible that the access issue, um, that, that people can just receive the information in, in a way, in a format that um, enhances receptivity to the principles. Um, I think I think there's much we need to learn about that part. We do know that with longer course treatment, whether it's CBT or anything else, that patients typically only receive a fraction of those sessions. Very few people receive the full number of sessions, even in research settings. Yeah, so what will be the key, if you have to choose one or two key targets, like this is the message, this is the, what will be, what will be the, the heart of a two hour intervention? Yeah, yeah, well, okay, that's a great question. And I have to say that a lot of the magic in Empowered Relief has to do with how all of the information builds on itself to create a cohesive story. Um, one of the foundational principles to empowered relief is for people to understand how pain impacts the nervous system as part of normal human um, you know, responses. And so we work to normalize how pain impacts the nervous system and then empower people to be able to acquire and apply um, you know, skills that they can use every day to be able to shape their experience towards having greater control and relief. Um, we don't single out people for empowered relief, so it's not that just certain people get it. We recommend that all people who are experiencing pain receive it. So that's likely to enhance receptivity to the messaging um, because people don't feel like there's, there is a fundamental problem about them that requires this type of treatment. So what will be the, what will be the, the intervention uh, strategy that is part of what, so would it be classical CBT? So cognitive behavioral therapy, would it be more educational, like trans transitioning of, of um, yeah, I'll just looking for the words now. So what, what, what would be the, the, the strategy that's yeah. being used? So the two hour intervention is highly didactic. And this is one of the strengths is that, you know, we can, we can have 100 people in a single class if we want. So it is to be distinguished from any type of therapy because there's not this intensive interaction either between participants or with a therapist. So it's a didactic intervention, although people can ask questions, certainly, um, but the intervention involves delivering information and, and skills that are uh, integrated 
commonly into various um, pain management strategies. So there are some skills involved with cognitive restructuring, for instance, uh, relaxation response, very, I mean, absolutely bedrock to all pain management interventions that are behavioral in nature. Um, and then people, you know, both learn the information and then translate it into a personalized plan. So from that perspective, just in terms of the operations, in terms of those takeaway tangibles, it could be considered very similar to a structure of CBT, but I really avoid a, a conflation with empowered relief and CBT because it's, it's just simply not therapy per se. Yeah, so oh, that, that clears my, my perspective a bit on whether, would it fit for someone who already received therapy or pain management program? Would it be like a second, well, like a second therapy? Would it work? Would it potentially be beneficial for a person? Potentially, absolutely. So um, we don't have very clear data to say if someone had received uh, a prior intervention of X origin or type, um, you know, the additive value of empowered relief per se, but we simply take all comers and, and we look at people where they are at their baseline coming into um, this intervention. And then we follow people over time. And what we've shown is that for chronic low back pain, we see um, clinically meaningful, important differences lasting to six months, comparable to CBT. We see um, online delivery, um, clinically meaningful intervention uh, impacts and we've studied it in two different surgical populations and have shown that it can help decrease need for opioid analgesia after surgery in, in breast cancer. And that for people receiving orthopedic trauma surgery, it, um, we have shown clinically important reductions in pain lasting to three months after surgery in this population. These are all randomized controlled trials that we've conducted. So that's obviously that's really exciting. So see that the wide the options that the widely accessibility that the burden is pretty low for people. And what what will be a key thing? What you would like to improve on on a on an intervention like this, or whether is if if not it's even an intervention, but it's like the, the delivery. What will be the the thing you want to improve? Gosh, um, that's a really tough question, Bart. I, I love the fact that, you know, it's, it's brief and accessible, but I think we need to understand how to overcome implementation barriers in certain clinical settings. And, mm. and we're certainly, that work is underway. Yeah, so, so if it, if, if from a, from a clinical perspective, um, I think we, tend to see people um, within a clinical session. So we're wondering where this would fit as, oh my God, time's up. <laughs> oh it no. Fast. It was, we're not even halfway. I feel like we just started. I know, I know, hmm. we didn't touch on so much. 
So um, for all the listeners of the podcast, thank you for listening. This was Beth Jarno, uh, Empowered Relief. We've been talking through a, a two-hour intervention that has some very promising results and um, is on its way to get into the clinic, um, which is an important thing. Um, if you want to listen more, because we're going to talk a bit more about uh, details and, and, and from here on you can subscribe um, on our channels and uh, for a membership so you can see um, much more. Uh, thank you for listening and see you next time.